Welcome to the Faith Connections Podcast, a partnership between the Foundry Publishing, Nazarene Discipleship International, and Holiness Today. Welcome to our study this week of Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 1 through 16. My name is Scott Rainey. I serve with the Church of the Nazarene in the area of Nazarene Discipleship International, or NDI. This adult Sunday school video lesson is provided in collaboration between the Foundry Publishing and NDI. The Sunday school lesson is intended to support the local church's efforts to make disciples who make disciples. Please feel free to use this video in any way that helps your church or its families. Many North Americans today have never seen sheep up close and even more have never handled them or cared for them on a farm. Ezekiel and his fellow exiles in Babylon were different. Many Judean families kept a few sheep as part of their basic home economy. Kids between usually the ages of 10 and 14 were responsible for taking the family flock of sheep and goats to graze or to water or to rest near their town or village, bringing them back safely before sundown. Ezekiel's audience knew about sheep, but they also understood shepherding. Though not necessarily a coveted profession, the skills of a good shepherd paralleled the skills of a good leader. Good shepherds diligently looked after their sheep, providing them food and water, tending to their injuries and protecting them from dangers. Leaders, that is kings or priests or prophets, were expected to do the same with their people. Leaders were to feed their people spiritually with the word of God. They were to care for them and ensure that they had every opportunity to thrive. They were to protect them, especially the vulnerable. The problem was that Israel's leadership was not serving as God intended. In fact, since things tend to start at the top, Israel's catastrophic failure that sent the people of Judah into exile could be traced to the character of her kings, administrators, priests, and prophets. They had proven to be false shepherds, and the time had come for them to be replaced. God spoke, therefore, to Ezekiel, his prophet. The message was for the shepherds of Israel. Let's listen to God's decree from Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 1 through 16. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to you, shepherds of Israel, who only take care of yourselves. <clears throat> Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool, and slaughter the choice animals. But you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak, or healed the sick, or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. <clears throat> and when they were scattered, 
they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep wandered all over the mountains and on every high hill. They were scattered over the whole earth and no one searched or looked for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, because my flock lacks a shepherd and so has been plundered and has become food for all the wild animals. And because my shepherds did not search for my flock, but cared for themselves rather than for my flock. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against the shepherds and will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove them from tending the flock so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths and it will no longer be food for them. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines, and in all, all the settlements of the land. I will tend them in a good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I, will, I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares a sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. As chapter 34 begins, Ezekiel received a message from the Lord. The wording of Ezekiel 34 verse 1 makes clear that this prophecy was not Ezekiel's own thoughts, but rather God's words to be shared. This is quite significant because everything God says actually creates action. When God said, let there be light in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3, there was light. God's words are not just flippant, but descriptive for what will always take place. Not sometimes, but always. So here in Ezekiel 34, God has spoken and something is about to happen. In Ezekiel 34 verse 2, God calls Ezekiel to prophesy. The Hebrew word to prophesy means to speak for God or to act as God's spokesman. While prophetic speech can be a prediction of the future, the true meaning of prophecy is simply speaking for God to others. Often, these words come in the way of judgment or encouragement. In the case of Ezekiel 34, there is a little of all these things, a prediction of the future, some judgment to come, and some encouragement 
for the people of Israel. The prophecy was, according to verse 2, against the shepherds of Israel. For While for many years the nation of Israel was broken into the northern tribes called Israel and the southern tribes called Judah, Judah was the only, <clears throat> the only remaining territorial nation state of the Hebrew people at the time of this prophecy. So these words are in our, all practical ways directed to all of Israel, the shepherds of Israel. We learn in verse 2 that the message is one of judgment. Woe to you, shepherds of Israel. This was not going to be an oracle about sheep and shepherds in the fields. Rather, the shepherds God is referring to are the leaders of Israel. According to the Lord, Israel's leaders had not acted like good shepherds at all. Wise shepherds of sheep knew they would be accountable for their flock. Old Babylonian herding contracts have been discovered where there was a reckoning of the flock's increase or decrease and the flock's general well-being. The hired shepherd's gains would result in payment and liabilities would result in losses. So shepherds would collect the product of the sheep like curds or the milk fat components of cheeses and wool for clothing. The, the shepherds certainly would not have slaughtered their best among the flock. These shepherds of the field knew how to take care of the flock, maintaining their safety, health, and productivity. Shepherds knew that if they took care of their flock, the product of the flock would result in their well-being. If shepherds of sheep on Israel's mountains knew how to do this, should not the leaders of Israel know how to do the same thing with the people of their nation? The, the selfishness of Israel's leaders, however, was evidenced as they exploited their people for their own personal use and benefit. They didn't care for the flock. They used the flock. Judah's political and spiritual leaders should have received taxes and tithes in accordance to the to with the Torah's guidelines. They should have used the palace and temple revenues responsibly with gratitude and humility. Instead, they behaved only with selfish greed. They did not take care of the flock. Verse 4 gives five counts of criminal neglect for Israel's leaders. One, you've not strengthened the weak. The weak. Two, you've not healed the sick. Three, you've not bound up the injured. Four, you've not brought back the strays. And five, you've not searched for the lost. These are given activities that shepherds of sheep do routinely with great skill and compassion. Shepherds were essentially the only vet veterinary aid for, the, for their sheep. Most had learned healing arts from older shepherds and through hands-on experience. By contrast, Judah's shepherds had taken away the well-being of God's people. Instead of giving to the people, they took from the people. Instead of strengthening them, they weakened them. Israel's poor leaders caused a natural, a national disaster. The people of Israel were scattered like, 
lost sheep with no shepherd, according to verse 5. Sheep have a natural wandering spirit and can be separated from the flock without even realizing it, looking down and going from tuft of grass to tuft of grass. But these sheep, the people of Israel, were actually scattered by neglectful, greedy rulers. Notice that the word scattered appears three times in verses five and six and wandered only once. Some of the saddest language of the passage is found in verse six. No one searched or looked for them. Sheep who are alone outside of the protection of the flock and of a good shepherd are extremely vulnerable and nearly helpless against wild animals. As the Bible confirms, the Babylonians brutally destroyed the nation of Judah and scattered its inhabitants. They captured its king, murdered his sons, and leveled the city of Jerusalem. They plundered everything of value in the temple and left a burning heap of rocks. They rounded up many who survived the slaughter and marched them off to Babylon in chains, according to 2 Kings chapter 25. Some Judeans escaped to the other regions of the Near East, to North Africa, and especially Egypt, and to Eastern Mediterranean locations. All of this happened because of poor leadership on Israel's of Israel's ungodly kings, selfish administrators, misguided priests, and false prophets. Even though few, if any, leaders in Judah cared or even noticed the people's plight, God had paid attention and intended to act. In verse 8, God swears by himself. When people take an oath, they often swear by something greater than themselves to make it more powerful commitment. Since nothing is and or no one is greater than God, he swears by himself. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord. In verse 8, the Lord goes on to give a summary of verses 1 through 6 and leaves no doubt of the guilt of Judah's willfully negligent leadership. Verse 10 brings the judgment. God is against the shepherds. He will hold them accountable. God had decided to remove them from their positions and would not allow them to prey on the people any longer. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 23, confirms what is happening here in Ezekiel chapter 34. God brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. If Israel's shepherds are removed, who will feed the people? Who will care for them? Who will protect them? Who will love them? As we move from verse 10 to verse 11, Judgment is replaced with hope. God himself will be Israel's shepherd. God would not just take out the false shepherds. He would be their ideal leader, a good shepherd to them. Notice that God called Israel my sheep and my flock 10 times in our passage for this week. This indicates a deep sense of personal connection with Israel. They were not just a group of people to God. They were 
his beloved people. He truly cares for his people. He searches for the sheep and rescues them, according to verses 11 and 12. God would bring them back to their homeland and tend them in good pasture where they could lie down in safety, verses 13 to 15. This part of the prophecy is considered a preview of God's restoration of God's people. It is a message of profound hope. God's regathering began during the Persian Empire as Jews were permitted to return to Jerusalem between the years of 540 BC and 440 BC. This return from exile and rebuilding of Jerusalem is recorded in the Old Testament books of Ezra and Nehemiah. It is completely possible that some of you listening to this lesson have suffered under the hand of uncaring leaders, government, work, maybe even a spouse. You feel forgotten, unprotected, vulnerable. All of us currently live in a time that is theologically referred to as the already and the not yet. What that means is that Christ has already accomplished everything we need for victory today. However, we're not yet to Christ's second coming, so suffering is still ever so present. Receive the hope of this passage for you today. God is your good shepherd. So let's listen to the words of Psalm 23 in the context of Ezekiel and his fellow exiles, scattered sheep longing for the care of a good shepherd. Let David's words be your words today. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Who is this God who shepherds his people? He is none other than Jesus Christ himself. For Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. John chapter 10 verses 11 and 14. Will you allow Jesus to be your shepherd, your good shepherd today? Thank you for listening to the Faith Connections podcast. If you wish to order Faith Connection materials for your local church, please visit thefoundrypublishing.com. If you've enjoyed this production and wish to hear more, visit holinesstoday.org slash podcast or find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts.